This is the church. The church is the front porch of grace for the world. That is our job. That's who we are. And that's what the Holy Spirit came to empower us to do. Thank you for downloading our podcast. Make sure you subscribe to get new ones every week. And don't forget to check out First United Methodist Sweetwater's website and social media. Now, here is Pastor Ryan Strebeck. Well, for many people, if you walk around town, the whole COVID-19 era, as long as it's lasted, for many of us, it has been like a recovery of Mayberry, where neighbors are out walking around with their kids, and kids are on their bikes, not worried about traffic, and everybody's just moving around and coming and going, and people have more free time, and they're spending more time with their families. Others have experienced great devastation where it, when it comes to jobs, the economic impact, the isolation that it's caused. Uh, so we have, and then we have everything in between. And so I think every person on that spectrum is represented here today. If it's not us, it's somebody in our family. If it's not somebody in our family, it's a close friend that we have here in the United States or around the world who's been impacted by the 369 plus, uh, 1,000 plus deaths of coronavirus and all of the things that have come in its wake. On a lighter side, I had a dream early on in the process that I was in a Zoom meeting, and it was like Dante's vision of hell. I, <laughs> I couldn't get out, and everyone was staring at me, and I was staring at myself, and it's still hell just thinking about it. Others of you may have had pleasant dreams of finding toilet paper at the grocery store. <laughs> so we have gathered on the day of Pentecost, as God's people have for thousands of years, and we come from many different places. What is Pentecost? What does the day of Pentecost mean? Pente uh, means five, and Pentecost, 50. It's 50 days in the, on the Jewish calendar. The festival of Pentecost was 50 days after the first sheaf of barley or the first shock of wheat came into the barn. So when that first uh, sheaf of barley came in, they started the ticker, and 50 days later, they had the festival of weeks or the day of Pentecost. And it was a celebration of the giving of the law. It was their remembering, hey guys, God loved us enough that when he gave us a land to live in, he gave us law where we could connect with God and we could connect with other people in a way that we didn't destroy each other. He gave us a way to live. And so they celebrated that every year in the Harvest Festival. Christians have celebrated the day of Pentecost since that first day of Pentecost that we read about, that Tina read for us today in Acts chapter 2 for a little over 2,000 years. And it's 50 days after the resurrection of Jesus. So we celebrate at this festival the coming of the Holy Spirit that God loved his people enough, that Jesus promised that he wouldn't leave us alone, that he would send us the Holy Spirit to be with us, just like the beautiful noises of the children are with us today. They're close to us. God is with us in that way. Now, if you're a farmer or you've ever lived in farm country, which if you're from here, you have, you know a little bit about the fact that harvest involves diversity, Harvest time involves diversity. Some fields are ready for harvest sooner than others. 
Sometimes you can explain it. Oh, yeah, that field over there, it got more rain and it was ready sooner. Sometimes you can't explain it. Why in the heck is this one always, was this one ready? It's usually ready last and it's ready this year sooner. We just couldn't get into plant. The time of harvest involves high yields and it involves low yields. It involves drought. It involves flood. There is often a lack of harvest due to a lack of water and nutrients and hail damage. And other times there's a lack of harvest due to too much rain and not being able to get into the field. And you watch your beautiful crops ready for harvest as they fall over on the ground. Some are joyful at harvest time, celebrating the fruits of their labor and abundance, saying, golly, we can finally take a nap and prop our feet up and be paid for our hard work. Other times, harvest time is a time of weeping because people are wondering how they're going to recover from a bad year or a string of bad years. Harvest time for the disciples was a time they had been told by Jesus that the harvest was plentiful, but the laborers were few. So they knew they had to ask for more people to come to the harvest fields and that they had to be transformed into the kind of people that could go out and reap the harvest, that could share the gospel of Jesus with a world that was dying to hear. The harvest looked very different than they thought. The harvest involved people that weren't from Galilee. They weren't just people they grew up around and the ones that looked just like them and lived down the road from them and spoke the same language as them. But instead, harvest for the disciples meant that they, they went to places that they'd never even heard of on the map. And they lived in places and they lost their lives in places that they never dreamed of going. All for the love of their Savior, Jesus Christ. So we gather today on the day of Pentecost and we can see this kind of diversity and chaos and the dark side of our differences. Where does the chaos come from? Fundamentally, the chaos comes from, remember the story from Genesis 11 and the Tower of Babel where we as a human race decided it would be kind of neat if we could just build a name for ourselves. So we started building a tower and we were making it look good and because we were so interested in making ourselves look good and making a name for ourselves, God scattered the people who at that time, we all spoke the same language. And so the curse of Babel is a variety of languages and a discord that comes from not being able to understand each other. The curse of Babel tells us that we must fear and destroy those who look differently and speak differently and think differently and live differently than we do. That's the curse of the Tower of Babel. And we have all taken comfort in the dead ends and the poison of Babel. As I reflected on that this week, I thought of one of the confessional prayers that we pray where we say, God, we have sinned against you in thought in word and in deed, in the things that we have done and in the things that we have left undone. So that's the bad news. What is the good news? Well, the good news comes to us today at Pentecost, just as Jesus promised that we would not ever have to be alone. The Holy Spirit descends and falls on God's people as Jesus promised, and all ethnic groups are gathered from around the known world, and they can suddenly understand what God is saying to them through the mouths of the disciples 
It's just like that. They'd be able to interpret that and say, oh, okay, I can hear that God loves me and he's present with me. Even though I don't speak that language, I can understand it in my own language. That's how the Holy Spirit works. People begin to marvel. And the marvel is similar to, you remember when the people, when God's people, when we were gathered at the base of, the, of Mount Sinai and Moses is up there receiving the law, God's word for his people, and there was thunder and there was crashing. The writer of the text tells us that the people were able to perceive the thunder. They understood the thunder. Even in the thunder, they understood God is saying something. This is a holy God, and we can't even be in his presence but he loves us enough to talk to us through Moses, and that's a good thing. So instead of Moses being here and talking to the people, and the Holy Spirit comes, now the disciples are sort of taking that mosaic role, and they are speaking in tongues, in different languages, where other people can understand the gospel, and it's symbolic of the gospel leaving that tiny little corner of the map and going out into all the world. That's what happened on the day of Pentecost. It was a reversal of the curse of Babel, a flipping upside down. Instead of us making a name for ourselves, the Holy Spirit raised up the name that is above all names, and everyone submitted to him. So, who is the Holy Spirit for? Is the Holy Spirit for those super spiritual Christians that have these special formulas and do these really cool things and... They don't seem to ever do anything wrong. Of course not. The Holy Spirit is for all baptized Christians. In fact, we believe the Christian faith teaches that when you come through the waters of baptism and you're baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, that everyone receives the Holy Spirit. Now, we may ignore the Holy Spirit sometimes. We may be filled with the Holy Spirit at different times in our life in powerful ways that we just can't even, we don't even have words for, but we've never been without the Holy Spirit since we were named in the waters of baptism. The Holy Spirit has always been inside of us, living with us, writing the new law on our hearts, as Jeremiah promised. Right? It wouldn't be a law anymore written on tablets of stone, but it would be the law inscribed on our hearts. So we're, ba we're baptized together by the Holy Spirit, not to be elite, but in order to live like Jesus in the world. The prophet Joel said that the Holy Spirit would fall on men and women, on everybody alike, and the sons and daughters would prophesy. When we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we prophesy. Doesn't mean we go out and sing, hang a shingle on our office door that says, hey, prophet is open for business. I'm going to, you know, read your fortune or something. It just means when we prophesy, we tell the good news of Jesus. We preach the good news that Christ loved us enough to live among us, to suffer among us, to die among us, and to be raised on the third day to ascend into heaven and send us the Holy Spirit. That's what we celebrate. That's what it's like to prophesy. Sharing good news with somebody about Jesus is you and me prophesying. We're expanding our reach because the harvest is plentiful. And it may take us to places where we've never stripped cotton before. It may take us to places where we've never harvested wheat before. But those fields are ripe for harvest, right here where we live, and maybe for some of us, very far away. I want to close with a quick story about a project that's percolating in my, in my uh, pea brain here uh, that, that keeps me up late at night. 
And uh, Amberly and I have been talking about a way to kind of build a front porch at the parsonage. And this comes from kind of wanting to be a little closer to our neighbors and the kids riding around the neighborhood and doing all the stuff and just kind of be there as people are walking around, but being able to congregate on the front porch. And so we've been thinking about how that might work and how we might tie it into the roof line and what kind of lumber we're going to use and how what joints we're going to use and all that good stuff. I've been thinking a lot about front porch. And it reminded me of a professor that I had at seminary that said, you know, the front porch is a great image in the world for hospitality because it's on the front porch where you can have intimate conversations with friends and family, but people can still wave and people can still stop by. And people who might not feel comfortable coming inside your house might stand with you on the front porch and drink a cup of coffee or a cold beer. And that might be a connection, a way for the harvest to increase in our lives. So the front porch is a place where friendship flourishes amidst differences and where others are welcome. So where is your front porch here in May 2020? We all have a place where we can invite people into. It may be your office, it may be your farm, it may be your home, it may be a phone call, it may be social media. But this is the church. The church is the front porch of grace for the world. That is our job, that's who we are, and that's what the Holy Spirit came to empower us to do. So I'll pray with you today. Come, Holy Spirit. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.